You're listening to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Curtis. And on the show, we do a deep dive with entrepreneurs on all things business, faith, and how to build a lasting legacy. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to the 414 Creative Legacy Podcast. I'm so excited you're listening to this episode today because I have uh, an amazing person on today's episode. Her name is Dr. Jenna Dyson, and she's actually a classmate of mine. We went to school together. We grew up together. uh, We graduated together. And this is actually our first time to connect, really, since we graduated in 2000. Can you believe that? We graduated in 2000. She is an entrepreneur, a speaker, a mom, a wife, and she's created an amazing group called the Think Up Group. She's basically your friend in your head to help you think up so that you can create the desired future for your life. Dr. Jenna Dyson, thank you so much for being here. I cannot tell you how long, I've three weeks, it's been three weeks since I started this podcast and I have been excited to have you on the episode or the podcast. So thank you so much. I am so excited. I'm so honored, just, just incredibly honored more than anything. And I can't believe we've been out of school that long. Like when you said the number, I'm like that's 22 years. Like when did I grow up? Yeah. Like right? when did we grow up? Because I it's taken us I, 22 years. Right. And I still don't feel grown. Like, yeah, I still feel like, Oh, what am I going to do when I grow up? Yeah. But no, but I'm so honored. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you again. Yeah, I'm excited. And I want to just just go and just get into it, get into the nitty gritty because of what you do and how you help people kind of change the way they think. Where did this, where did this idea of the Think Up Group come from? Yeah. So when I think about it, I didn't choose it. It chose me. Wow. So it was never something that I sought after. It was never, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to be an author. It was really my attempt to save my own life. So what most people don't know, and Josh, I don't even know if you know this, but when I was a freshman in high school, my mom passed in the middle of our freshman year. And it rocked me off my core because single parent home, my mom is my anchor. Mm. You go to school one day, you come home the next, and she's not there. Wow. And I fell into a deep depression. I didn't know that it was depression at the time. I I became very angry. I had this heaviness of just grief. But at the same time, it was in the middle of basketball season. It was, I was number six in our class. It was a pressure of maintaining this high GPA, staying on the basketball team. It was the year that we went to state, the girls basketball team with the state. I was a starter. So it was this pressure to where I felt like I didn't have time to grieve. Like I couldn't be sad. I couldn't cry. I couldn't deal with it because there was an expectation of me as a leader. Even at 14, there was an expectation. And I remember, I remember going to church and I was talking to one of the elders in the church and I was saying how, like, I'm praying, but I don't feel God is listening. Mm. Like the pain, it won't leave. Like I can't shake it. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so sad. I'm so hurt. And I remember a lady in her, bless her heart, kind of tone said, Jenna, people lose their mothers every day and they get up and keep going. You need to get up and you need to keep going. Wow. So here I was, I'm like, okay, there's really something wrong with me because I can't 
I can't get over it, Josh. Like, I don't know mm. if that makes sense. Like, I couldn't get over it. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't keep going. But so now she's telling me that people go through this every day and they're fine. So why is this staying with me? So I, so I lived kind of a dual life in high school because it's all, because all this started that I, I lived a dual life. I did things so that I could appear perfect and have it all together. Yeah. Like I knew that if I made straight A's, if I was president over the Leo club, I was in the key club and student council. If I did well in track and basketball that nobody would see the pain. Like nobody mm. would see that was hurting. So I had this kind of this dual life. So I went to school, I showed up, I was this everything. And then I went home and I was miserable. Mm. I was just in a state of misery, but I had no outlet. So this went on for seven years seven years of just this misery of this doing what I needed to do to show up, but then still struggling and suffering in the process. And I was 21. I was in Austin, the university of Texas. And at this point I was done. Yeah. I was a girl who was raised in a church. My dad is a preacher. I knew the, I knew the word. I thought then that I had a relationship with God, but I really didn't. And we'll kind of talk about that later, uh -huh. but I knew scripture and, but I was, I was over it. I was tired of hurting. I felt like my whole life, I did everything, the right thing. Like mm -hmm. I made the good grades. I was in this leadership club. I went to the, one of the best schools in the country and I still was hurting. And I was like, I'm done. And done meant I'm done living. Yeah. I had failed every class at UT. I had a 1.9 GPA. I was placed on academic probation. At this point, I was so depressed that I was living in my closet. Mm. Like I would stay in my closet 17, 18 hours a day. And I would only come out to go to work because I needed to work to keep the closet. So I would go work and I would come back. And this day I made up in my mind. I was like, I'm done. Like, God, I've been praying to you to end this pain. It won't end. So if you don't take me out tonight, I won't be here. And that was my plea. That was my last resort because I felt like I didn't have another option. Yeah. I felt like, how could you pray every day and the pains are there? How could God, you took my mom away. My dad's a preacher, but he's not in my life. Everybody that said they would be there, not there. Like I can't live like this no more. So, so it wasn't that I didn't want to live. I didn't want to live with the pain. So I yeah. made a decision that night that I was not going to wake up the next morning. And in my plea, I asked God to give me a sign right now. I'm not going to be here. And he said, you have to think up. Wow. And this was 21. I was like, think up. He said, you have to create the life that you want in your mind first. Wow. So I didn't know what that meant. So I went on a journey for another seven years. Seven's my number for another seven years yeah. of trying to figure out what it meant to think up. So that's how the think up group got started, but it didn't get started in that time. It was me saving myself. It got started years later with, I have a message to the world to share. So you think that, man, there's so, there's so much to unpack in that story. You think you said seven years, right? Until yeah. you think in that seven years, it was a time of learning how to think up, learning how to discipline yourself and create 
a mindset so that whenever you did start, you were ready to basically teach and train from the overflow. Yeah, it, it was honestly, it was seven years. I didn't even think about teaching or sharing this with other people. It was seven years of number one, learning about who does God say I am and who yeah. is God to me? Like God is not ruler. God is not um, a figure, someone that we pray to like God's my dad. Yeah. And because I didn't have the father daughter relationship, I had to learn how to get into a relationship with Christ. I had to learn how to see God as my daddy, as my father before anything else. So that meant that I could come to him and say, I don't know why I feel like this. Help me understand it. So I so once I learned and started to really learn like who God says I was and my relationship with him, learning that true daddy daughter relationship, then it was learning how do I think? Because no one ever told me how to cope in hard times. Mm -hmm. Nobody yeah. ever told me, like, when you go through hard times, these are things that you can say. It was like, oh, well, re recite the scripture. But how mm -hmm. do I make that scripture real? How do I make that apply to me? How do I really take affirmations, even though the world kind of uses affirmations, but how do I really stand on the word of God and have those affirmations and say those things every single day? And this really didn't really hit home until I was 28. So 21. I got to think up seven years. I went on a journey, 28, my life upside down again, mm. just in pieces and just shattered. And this time I had a mentor and she was an older lady. And she said, I need, she said, every day, I want you to get in front of the mirror and I want you to look, look yourself in the mirror. And I want you to say, I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Yeah. She said every day. And I said, I can't say that. Because I would break down because I didn't believe that I was fearfully wonderfully made. I didn't mm. believe any of those things. I just, I was just, I was still in this place of searching. And she said, it's okay. Stay there and say it every day. And the day that you don't cry, you can say the whole scripture is the day that you're ready to move on and, and learn something new. It took me 364 days wow. to stand in the mirror without crying and to say that I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. So the seven years after getting Think Up was for me to heal because I had severe depression, PTSD, anxiety. I was a hot mess. My eating was out of control. Money was out of control. Wasn't really managing it well, but I was still putting on the persona of trying to chase titles. Yeah, I was chasing, but I was incomplete. So it took seven years to finally understand what this meant and what this looked like for me. So the first seven years of Think Up was for me. Wow, man, that that's so, I think one of the, the biggest things that I, I'm taking away from that is the restructuring of identity. Understanding where you fit in this whole big journey of life, who you are, and restructuring the identity of Christ in you. Yeah. And I, we because all, I never felt like I belonged in any space. Yeah. Like, I know you and I were talking kind of before, you know, mm -hmm. we went live. I never felt that I belonged in school. Like I felt like I was usually, I was the only African-American in many of the GT classes, the honors classes. So for my white friends, I was at times too black for them. Mm. Like I couldn't go to their houses. I couldn't do sleepovers because it just it was just, I wasn't accepted. So I was too black for me and my white friends. But then in my black friends circles, 
I was too white. I was the white girl. I was the one who I talked proper. So I never felt like I fit in anywhere. And yeah. I used to struggle with that. But now I realize it's my superpower. Like I'm not called <laughs> yeah. to fit in. I'm called to be set apart. I'm called to stand out. So it was like, I didn't fit in with people at school. I didn't fit in with people in the community, you know, even like going to college, trying to like figure out who I am. It's like, I was all over the place. Like I never felt that I fit in anywhere. And for many years, I struggled with that because I felt like something was wrong with me Yeah. and I need to be different. I need to talk different. I need to act different. I need to dress different. I need to wear my hair different. You know, even in corporate America, I struggled because, you know, my hair is naturally curly and afro. And I'm like, well, I'm a CEO. Everybody else used to straight hair. Maybe I need to wear my hair straight to mm. fit in. And I remember God said, I didn't call you to fit in. I, I've called you to, to be set apart. Yeah. But it takes a lot. It yeah. takes a lot to own that, Josh. Yeah, it does. Uh, man, I, I feel like, like you said before, we, before we talked, I, I feel the exact same way, you know, and I think that's partially, you know, like you're fearfully, wonderfully made. We're all fearfully, wonder, wonderfully made. We all have a creative destiny and a creative purpose. And some of us are called to be ministers. Some of us are called to be teachers. Some of us are called to be, you know, X, Y, and Z. But some of us are called to be entrepreneurs, and that is yeah. such a a, um, a strange fit in the kingdom, right? But I think it's crucial. I think entrepreneurs are crucial to the kingdom in the sense of yeah. that they help generate wealth for the kingdom. They help generate a structure of of mindset and how to operate and how to like the whole purpose of this this podcast is to help bring and inspire people to go out and create a legacy. Yeah. And entrepreneurs do a, if, if they're trained, right, they do a really good job of creating a legacy for the, for the upcoming generation and, and, yeah. and paving that path for those that are to come after them. Yeah. And you, you and I have been kind of through a similar journey, which is interesting because I'm just now figuring this out. I'm just finding out because we just connected, but uh, understanding that we we have this amazing destiny that the, the scriptures say in Ephesians 1 that before the foundations of the earth we were in his mind we were yep. in his heart he he knew us he formed us before the foundations of the earth and to know that that the creator of the universe had us in mind before all of this stuff that we see and we interact with in this world, before that was even a thing, we were a thing to him. Yep. And when we understand that, and even I'll go even deeper, when we know that the blood of Christ has redeemed our path, we can walk with confidence and assurance that where we step has been ordained before the foundations of the earth and then if we step somewhere that we're not supposed to step that father's going to say hey not here and redirect us yeah. and in like we talked about this before in the moment that pain and that like loneliness of like trail like trailblazing is not fun mm -hmm. but it's necessary yeah and when we grab a hold of that which I feel like you've just 
fully, I've been watching you for five years on Facebook, I think you've fully grabbed a hold of that purpose. And that, and I just, I want to one, take a moment just to say, congratulations, good job. And I know that it's been hard. I know it's been rough and we're going to hopefully dive into that, but thank you so much for not being ashamed of the journey because your story and your, in your journey is going to inspire so many people when they hear it. So thank you. Like, well, I man. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you do in your, in your company and how you take some of the things that you've learned in life, your principles about mindset and the power of mindset. And, and let, I also want to go into, so tell me a little bit about that and then dive into yeah. why it's important to steward uh, a, a healthy mindset or what yeah. some people would say mental health. Yeah. So in my company, I'm keep it very simple. Mm-hmm. I teach people how to do life and business better. I teach people how to think up, how to literally change their thoughts. Wow. So for example, many people, they'll see an obstacle. Over the years, I've trained myself. I don't see obstacles. I see opportunities. I don't see problems. I see possibilities. Like I, yeah. like I seek and I, and I literally, and I know this kind of sounds cliche, but I, I've trained my mind to only see things that's going to help me. Wow. So whether that is productivity, whether that is, you know, people say the balancing of, of ministry and why my husband and I are, we um, are ministers. So the bouncing that, the bouncing the kids, I only see positive and I have trained my mind to see that. So in business, I am, the world has coined me as America's think up friend. So I teach people how to think different. So I am literally that little voice in your head. You know, sometimes, you know, we have the intuition, we have Holy Spirit. So I'm not replacing Holy Spirit. I'm the extension of what God has already told you. I'm the little voice in your head says, Josh, you got this. You can do this. So I literally am am an executive mindset coach. Okay, awesome. So I teach people how to think differently. Why is this important? So let's go back to pre-K anatomy and physiology. (laughs) Head and shoulder, knees and toes. Where the head goes, the body follows. Yeah. So whatever you think about is literally what you bring about in this earth. You think it, you see it, you speak it, and it becomes your truth. It becomes your reality. Yeah. What most of us struggle with is that we don't know how to manage the positive and the negative thoughts in our head. And that's really where Think Up came from in terms of the business side. I was working with a coach and I was trying to explain like what I do. I was like, well, I teach people how to like manage depression. And I was like, I really don't do that. Cause I can go into schools and I talk to leaders about mindset things and what, so what we, so what I wrote down that day has become the anchor of my company. So let's just use our imagination. You guys can see me now, draw a straight line on a piece of paper. One side it's positive think, thinking. The other side is negative thoughts. So people that have depression, we'll just keep it depression. They typically are in that negative realm for a long time. Yeah. The goal is for them to be in the middle. You don't want to be all positive, kumbaya, everything's great, everything's wrong, and be disconnected from reality. Because mm-hmm. life is hard at times. Yeah. Life is hurt. There could be pain and joy in the same moment, in the same breath. So you don't want to be on the spectrum to where everything's all perfect and everything's well, because then when life happens, it's going to knock you off your core. Yeah. 
but you can't be all negative because then you'll never see the movement of God. You'll never see the fruits. You'll never be able to see the fullness of God. So I teach you how to really be in the middle. Mm. How, if you're in that negative space, how to get back. If you're over here too positive, how do you get into reality? So that's what I do in business. So I work with corporations, schools, universities, and professional athletes and teach them literally how to think differently so they can have higher productivity and higher revenue. Wow. What are some of the practices? It could be like two or three uh, or yep. practices or disciplines that you you implement for those clients that would help yeah. them get to the, you know, say for instance, the, the their desired future. Absolutely. So, the, so there's two things I'll share with you. The first one is any thought that you have is kind of what the Bible tells us. Like we are to hold every thought captive. So everything that I teach is biblically grounded. It is, it is the foundation of truth. So to hold every thought captive. So how do you do that? Anytime you think something, ask yourself these two questions. Is this helping me or is this hurting me? Mm. Basic questions. Super teach this simple. to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Teach simple. it to your kids. Is, is what I'm thinking, is it helping or is it hurting? If it's hurting, then you have the power, you have the authority to evict it. Now, for some of you guys that are fancy, don't know what an eviction notice is. <laughs> that means when you get an eviction notice, you got to get up out of there. Yeah. Like you don't have time to be thinking and planning out, oh, we got a six month. No, you got to get up and you got to leave. So the same thing with those thoughts. If those thoughts are hurting you, if they are not advancing your life or business forward, then they can no longer occupy your mental space. You have to serve it as eviction notice. So those thoughts have to go and you focus on the positive. So that's one way, helping and hurting. Another thing that I do, is and this is this is the foundation of everything that I teach it's really the power of 63 so mm. the power of 63 means that you can literally change your life in 63 seconds so what does that mean that means you think about one thought one thought that will move you forward and mm. you focus on that for 63 seconds it's almost like this meditation yeah so one thought that will move you forward. So for example, me drinking my water, for me to hit my goals, I got to drink water. I got to mm. drink a gallon of water a day. That's part of my goals. So the power of 63 for me is to not focus on the water, but to focus on this is going to get me one step closer to my goal. How do I get there? I don't have to worry about the whole gallon. I just need to drink four ounces right now. So I'm focused on that one small thought. Yeah. One small thing, and that's the power of 63. Anything that you're thinking about, you can literally change it in 63 seconds. Anything. Why, why 63 seconds? Great. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so most of us, we think about bigger goals. So we think about 21 days, 30 days. We yeah. think about the whole day. Well, sometimes you don't have a whole day. Sometimes you only have that moment. Sometimes you only have that minute. When somebody is in a state of, like I was, a state of suicide, I couldn't think about the next day. I couldn't think about the next hour. I had to think about that moment. And that moment is that minute. A minute is 60 seconds. So it took me three seconds to get the courage up to say it, and oh, then yeah. 60 seconds to act on it. So that's where the power of okay. came. came. Yeah, that's great. It's teaching people how to take hold now, how to master their now. You know, we're always focused on the next thing. I was yeah. talking to a family member earlier this morning. I was like, we're focused on the next thing when God has really just called us to master the now, what's in front of us. I said, wow. we may not know what's next in our life, but every single person knows what they need to do now. Like if I say, Josh, what's next for you? 
And I said, you know what? I really don't know because, you know, we're just trusting God. Whatever God has next, it's next. And you don't know. But if I but then there's people that they get stuck in that. Well, I don't really know what's next. So I'm kind of depressed. I'm stressed out. I'm overwhelmed because I don't know what to do in my life next. But if I say, Josh, what's the one thing that you need to do right now for you to be fruitful, for you to be faithful to your family, for, for you to do the things that God has called you to do? What's your now thing? You could easily tell me, well, right now we need to get this podcast out to five new countries. Like yeah. you would know what you need to do in the now, but you may not know next. So I teach people how to focus on the now. Don't worry about what's next. Just be faithful and be fruitful now. Wow. So um, what's, what, is this going to help me or hurt me? And I'm going to focus on 63 seconds of doing the yep, one the power thing. Of 63. That's going to get me to the to the next step. That's her, that's great. Especially, especially for entrepreneurs. And I can speak. Yeah. And Josh, you may be different. My mind as an entrepreneur sometimes is always going. I'm always thinking all yeah. the things you have to do, all the ideas, the vision, the team. How do I grow? How do we get revenue? Like, how do we market? Like everything. Yeah. Sometimes you can make yourself more overwhelmed, which I always say, I'm not overwhelmed. My cup is running over. Mm. That's I'm not good. running like I like like I'm not overwhelmed. I prayed for this. I've been preparing <laughs> yeah. for this. I'm not overwhelmed. My cup's just running over. So if my cup is running over, then I need to take the 63 seconds and I need to focus on what's the one thing that I can do right now to drink from this cup. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And that's how we learn how to quiet our minds and how to take control over what's now. But saying things like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so busy. Oh, my things to do list. I don't have a things to do list. I have a success list. I have a purpose list. I have an action. Like I don't want yeah. more things to do. I want to be successful. I want to be purposeful. I want to be action focused every day. So even just changing some of those lists that we have and things and putting words that are going to make us feel better. Because nobody, I don't know any person that wants one more thing to do. <laughs> Like most of us are trying to get rid of the stuff. Like we yeah. want less things, Yeah. but we all want to be purposeful and we all want to achieve some level of success and success is not money. It's not material. It's whatever you define as success. So even having your list that focus on success, purpose and action versus things to do. Yeah. I just joined a, like a men's mastermind and my brain kind of operates the same way. It's a matter of I have all these things, right? And I joined yeah. a men's mastermind. And one of the challenges was to write down your goals. And I love goals, but I to write them down, it's like this, uh, it's like twisting my arm. And so I wrote the goals down. And it's so funny. If I I have pretty much completed all but one of like the seven goals that I wrote down four weeks ago. And the it it taught me one thing is that as much as I want to buck every system yeah. systems are great for me i yeah. i don't want to be a part of any system yeah. but systems are great for my for my brain for my my ability to produce and and it's just interesting to find out the one thing that one of the one things that i do not want to be a part of is the one thing that's really helping me and i yeah. think taking that that 63 seconds is going to be crucial uh, I can, like when I heard it, when you explained it, I was like, oh man, that's going to be so good for me yeah. to start implementing that. That's going to change a lot of how I operate on day to day. 
And it's going to help me focus on the moment and the present, even with my, like my girls. It's like, okay, I can, I can take, I can take 63 seconds right now to, to just focus on what, you know, she's wanting her nails painted. Okay. I'm going to take 63 seconds to paint her nails. and do that. Yep. That's so that's man. That's so good. It changes because it's the small incremental things. And I think when we think about systems, because I, I don't belong in any system. Like I'm unemployable. You cannot, yeah. like, I cannot work for a company. I don't care how much money they pay. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. I am, I am totally unemployable, but I realized I don't like their systems. I like my own system. I yeah. want to create things that will help me do life and business better. That's why yeah. I teach people how, yeah. how do you think up? It's all about you doing life and business better. What does that look like for you? And how do we create it? And we create that by starting with our thoughts. Are they helping? Are they hurting? And then by doing what I call those mind checks, which is that 63 seconds, yeah. doing those two things will shift every single thing. And this is what I teach to teachers. I teach this to, to um, senior executives and corporations. Like if you want to hit whatever goal, it doesn't start with the action. It starts with your thoughts. It starts with the helping and hurting. Like people are saying, well, we're in the great resonation. Well, if you keep thinking that and saying that, if you're a corporate leader, then you are going to be in a great resonation. But no, we are reinventing. We are restructuring. Yeah. We are modifying our principles. We can no longer, like I have a company, it's a billion dollar industry. They're my client and they are losing people and they pay very well. They pay high six figures, but they are losing people by the droves. And, and, and I'm like, look, people want more than money and benefits right now. Yeah. People want flexibility. They want life People want the opportunity to have hybrid schedules. People want opportunity. Hey, my daughter, she wants to eat lunch with me. Well, I'm going to go. Yeah. And without having to check in and having to get permission. Like you're in a, like, like we're in a season where thank goodness for us millennials and us <laughs> and the Gen Z's that are behind us, we are bucking the system. Yeah. We don't like that. We don't want that. And we're not playing by your rules. We're willing to take risks. We're willing to, to take our own expertise and talents and gifts and package that and sell it back to you. But we're not playing by your rules. We're going to create our own rules and we're going to play by. Have you seen uh, a company here in the past couple of years that has adopted that, that new quote unquote system and has been successful at it? Say like, for instance, like a four day work week or like a, a flexible schedule for their employees? I have, there are tons of them and there are more now that are like, oh, we have to do this. There are companies that are giving unlimited vacation now. Like, you know, they used to say, oh, you have two weeks or three weeks. They're like, nope, it's unlimited. Wow. Oh, take off. There are companies now that are paying. I started this 10 years ago when I was a CEO person where we paid for 100% wellness plans, meaning our people could get massages they could uh, go work out. I was doing this 10 years ago. We had nap time at work. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah, because people, listen, I'm all about protecting your emotional and your mental health. There are people that get up early, they go to work and they're exhausted. Why not take a break? There is scientific evidence that taking a nap, even as even 30 minutes of just closing your eyes in the middle of the day will regenerate your brain cells and make you more productive. So I started incorporating things like that. So companies are just now realizing that if we don't do this, we're going to be paying a lot more because these consultants out here, they're going to be ones we're going to have to be consulting to. Yeah. Speaking of mental health, um, what 
what's the importance of, I, I, I feel like I know what this is, but what's the importance of mental health? And do you see a correlation of creating mental habits and disciplines that contribute to a healthier mental state of being? Absolutely. So when we think about mental health, most of us think about the diagnosis. We think about bipolar and schizophrenia and all those things. Well, that's not just what mental health is. Yeah. Mental health is really, my definition of it, is the presence of wellness. Okay. It is you being well. You having high emotional intelligence, meaning that when change happens, when hardship happens, that you're going to feel those things, but you're able to navigate. You're able to kind of manage through the pain, manage through the hardships. So when you think about mental health and developing healthy mental habits, that's what I teach. I teach you in order for you to have great mental health, you got to have healthy mental habits, Mm. which means you got to be willing to have boundaries. Having the power of 63, for me, it's a morning routine. For somebody else, it may be an evening routine. Um, it's working out every day. I believe that every single person should move their body for at least 30 minutes a day, every single day. Yeah. It's so, so that's mental habits. It's what are the things that will help me to be emotionally well and healthy. And it's also going to therapy, whether that is with your church, whether that is a support group, whether that is a mental health therapist, it's okay. It's okay to talk to somebody. It's okay to, the Bible tells us to seek wise counsel. Yeah. But having people that have been there, having people that can anchor you, having people that can hold you accountable, but that can also let you know that, you know what? You're not crazy. (laughs) It's okay to feel that way. Like to normalize what you're feeling, but then to help you get tools so that you can manage and work through it. Yeah. uh, My first guest, David Willis, he's a pastor here in the Bowman area. We talked about going to therapy and the power of that and and how it wasn't a shameful thing, but it was also, but what it really was is a, a, someone to just talk to and help them have them illuminate the problem that was already there, but then to walk you through the steps to, to fix or take care of the problem. Basically, it's like taking your car to auto mechanic. There was a problem. They illuminated it and they fixed it. So they gave you the steps to walk through it. And that was such a good, powerful conversation because going through the grief of losing my mom, uh, in this past year, I knew, thank you. I knew like immediately I needed to go talk to somebody. My Melissa, my wife, she's amazing. She's constantly there. She's constantly available. But I, I knew that going and talking to somebody was really, really important. And thankfully with the grace of God, knowing that it wasn't a shameful thing, knowing that it like as a man, typically like we just don't want to, you know, men are men. They just don't want to do that kind of stuff. But I knew that if I didn't do this, if I didn't have somebody to communicate the grief to and go through all the steps and all the, the feelings and emotions that I would come out on the other end, still broken and still heartbroken and like all that stuff that, you know, people go through with kudos to you though and to your and shout out to your pastor that even just as a leader yeah because you know there's still in some communities and and in some faiths faith organizations where they don't recommend therapy you know i remember being told before just pray about it just have faith just pray about it and i'm like okay i'm praying i have faith but i still i still feel this way yeah Oh, just shout out. So just shout out to your pastor and even just kudos to you. You know, therapy changed my life. 
because it was one of those things to where I had all of this trauma, all of this pain, and I was seeking different therapists and it really wasn't working. And this one therapist, she asked me a question that nobody in my life had ever asked me. She said, what happened to you? Wow. Most of the therapists that I had seen were like, so tell me why you're here. Or how can I help you? Or what brings you in today? What brings me in? I'm a hot mess. What brings me in is I don't know. I don't want to be yeah. here either. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like, like my life's a mess. But when she asked me, tell me what happened to you. It reframed what I was going through. And it, it showed me that I didn't cause it that there were things that happened to me that I didn't know how to respond to and that it wasn't my fault. Like, I didn't know how to, res- like, I, like, I blamed myself for, even though I couldn't c- prevent my mom from passing away from cancer, but I, but somehow I had blamed myself. Yeah. I blamed myself for my dad not being alive. I blamed myself for dysfunctional family, not fitting in. Like, I felt like th- clearly I'm the common denominator. But when she asked me what happened to you, it allowed me to share all the things that I had gone through and start to compartmentalize them and then to address them. Wow. And I think that's the power of therapy. Mm. It's getting out of your own way, getting out of your head. Yeah. And talking to a stranger that can give you the tools to address those things. Cause whatever you don't heal from, it's going to be revealed. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's gonna come out. Yeah. I know that when I do talk about whether it be, you know, my mom and, or just anything in in general, just having a conversation and someone saying, you know, how was your week? And then being honest, like, well, wasn't that great? This and this and this happened. I can always walk out of that conversation knowing that it's going to be okay. Knowing that, you know, it was just a week and I'm going to learn from it and take that, what what you would see as a failure possibly, but take it as a lesson and yeah. and move forward and just not not repeat the thing that didn't, yeah. you know. And so I think talking and communicating it to others, especially like you said, wise counsel, right? Man, I feel like we could do a whole other podcast on choosing wise counsel. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the um speaking of lessons learned, what are some of the lessons that you've learned? in your business, whether it's a failure or starting over, mm-hmm. what are some of the most powerful lessons that you've learned and are currently implementing in, in what you do now and teaching to other companies? Yeah, that's good. Let me tell you the lesson that I'm actually learning in this season, actually working through that. It's okay to quit. It's okay wow. to quit. And I think this comes from a place of growing up. My mom had this had this mantra with us where we don't quit. So if you start a sport, you finish it. If you you, uh, start a club, you finish it out. You don't quit. Like we are not quitters. You finish, you finish it. And while it has a lot of philosophical truth in it, you also can out, outstay your welcome. You also can find yourself Mm. in unhealthy relationships, jobs, situations, spaces because of your loyalty and because of your belief that quitting is bad. Yeah. So one of the things that I am committed to, you know, I just celebrated a birthday, big milestone mm-hmm. birthday, 40 is one of the things I'm committed to in this year of 40 is redesigning my life. 
And that's being okay, giving myself permission to quit, mm. to quit things that no longer serve me, yeah. that are no longer aligned with God's purpose in my life, that do not suit my family, that do not allow me to be a better wife and a better mom, giving my, telling myself it's okay to quit. So if, if I don't like that job, you're working a job, get a plan. You don't have to be there. You're not a tree. You're not stuck. You can leave. If you don't like the place you're living in, guess what? This earth is full of opportunities and resources. You can pray, you can prepare, and you can step out on faith. So giving myself permission to quit things that no longer work for me. That's the first lesson that I'm actually working through. Another lesson um, that I really believe is that it's okay to start over. So many people are afraid of starting over. They're afraid of going back home. They're afraid of downsizing. They are afraid of, of, of living on one income. They're afraid of saying, you know what? I don't like this business or maybe this business didn't work. I failed at it. Let me start, do something different. Yeah. They are afraid to start over because they feel like it's a personal attack on them. They feel like that their identity is tied to it. Nothing else defines you. It's not the location, not the job, your occupation, your bank account, what you do, how you do it. None of that stuff matters at the end of the day. Yeah. It is okay to start over. It is okay to learn those lessons and to say, you know what? I learned this. It didn't work. I didn't like it. And I'm going to do this. It's okay. Like we, like we don't have to, and I think school and look, I'm a proponent y'all. I got several degrees. <laughs> yeah. I'm a proponent of school. However, school conditions you to think how somebody else wants you to think. Yeah. School conditions you to follow a path and pattern and stay that and stay that route. Like, don't change majors. Don't do this. Do this. You're going to get a good job. Listen, it's okay to start over. It's okay to choose a different path that works for you. So that, I mean, there's so much to unpack there. First off, what, what are some of the things that you're quitting right now that's not serving you and your family? Yeah. So I am quitting. So I do coaching for business owners. I'm quitting coaching. Okay. Uh, God has really called me to speak. He's called me to make a global impact. And I have honestly been running from that. I've been running from putting myself out there as a global speaker. I've been trying to, well, I can do this. So God has said, no, I've called you to that. I knew that I was called to this in 2007. So 15 years ago. And I've kind of had one foot in, one foot yeah. out. But he's really called me to really talk about mental health and mindset. That there's so many incredible leaders and people that are struggling with their thoughts. And yeah. it's like you, like you got to share it. So I am quitting coaching and I am going to be speaker. That's it. Talking mental health and mindset. That's awesome. Yeah. So you wrote a book and I, yeah. it's not on my list of questions to ask. I went to go get your book and I couldn't because it's not yeah. for sale anymore. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you never going to sell it again? <laughs> so we we so we are sold out. We will probably reorder, reprint some more, but I'm working on some new books. Okay. Um, one of the books that I'm working on is called The Now Thing and is teaching people how to master their now. Okay. So it's awesome. all about mindset, productivity, how to really stop your brain from running constantly and really focus on the things that are in front of you so that you can be more productive. One of the things that I believe in is that we are called to live more and work less. I do not subscribe to the hustle and grind mentality. I'm not a part of the team, no sleep. I literally work around 20 to 25 hours max. And I trust God to bring in the increase. Yeah. I believe that God has called us to wealth. 
I believe he's called us to abundance, but I do not believe that we have to work hard and work the way the world says we have to work to do that. I don't, I'm an heir. I'm an heir to the kingdom. That means if my daddy has it, I have it. Amen. I like that. And that means that I have to be, I have to prepare for where I pray for. Mm. So I still have to have systems, still have to have structure, still have to show up and do the work, but I don't have to do it the way the world says I have to do it. Yeah. So team no sleep is, is not, not you. No team, no sleep, not hustle, not grinding, not trying to pay my way into room, not getting people to name drop. God's my PR. God's going to name drop. Like I really like I teach opposite of what most business coaches in my industry teach. Yeah. Like I don't set revenue goals for the company. Josh, I don't do that. I stopped doing that in 2018. I know for a business owner, I've been in business um, independently for six years, been in business total for 10 years, but, uh, in 2018, God told me, stop setting revenue goals. I have giving goals. So oh, my giving wow. goal is I want to give 100000 away. Well, that means that I have to make at least a million dollars in order to give that 10% away. So that's one of the things that we that we change in our company. And talking to my accountant, what do you mean you don't have? No, I don't. I have a giving goal. How do I, how do I give away $100,000 this year? Wow, and all of so our good. giving is private. We never share what we're giving. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I feel like that's scriptural. Like, feel like you know, you don't let your right hand or your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I yep. think, uh, man, that's so good. Giving. I've always wanted to be a secret millionaire. I wanted to be the person. Um, and I remember I had my son. We were on welfare, and I was struggling, and I didn't have money, and I was trying to buy things at the grocery store, and I was looking at the prices, and I was putting it back. And this woman was watching. I didn't even know, and she came up to me and she said. God told me to tell you to get whatever you need. And I was looking at her like, and she, and I would still put, and she said, no, I'm paying for it. God told me to tell you, get everything you need. So I had one basket and she was just, okay, you need this. Okay. We're going to get 10 of these. Okay. You need diapers. Here's 20. And she loaded up that basket. She went and got another one and she loaded it up. And as we were checking out, you know, I had the baby and I was putting the stuff in and I looked to tell her, thank you. And she was gone. Wow. So I'm like trying to rush and trying to get out to the parking lot to find her. No sight. Like, I can't even tell you today how this woman looked. Man. So she paid for that. And then it was another instance in my life. There's been several, but another one that was really profound was um, in 2012 for me to become a speaker. There was a conference that I wanted to attend. And it was $1,500 to attend this conference. I'm like, $1,500? I don't have that. That's a lot. For me, that was a lot at that time. And uh, a woman on Facebook had said, hey, I've been following your story. And um, God told me, she said, I just had a car accident and I got my settlement. And God told me to sew it into you. She sold Mm. the exact amount that I needed to go to that conference to become a speaker. So that was in 2012. The first time was in 2005. So seven years. Mm. So I made a decision that I would be, there's a show about it now, a secret millionaire. I would be the person that would secretly show up. And even now you show up and we're giving people think that, oh, you're with an organization. And I say, yeah, just play it off. I never take credit because it's not my money. It's God. But we made a decision that we would be secret millionaires, that we would give away and that our focus would be on giving and not on earning. And I believe that if I sow enough good seed, that it will come back to me. 
Amen. And that's the focus that I've had. And since I made that declaration in 2018, I've had nothing but increase. So if you are a kingdom entrepreneur and you are listening to this, I want to challenge you to scratch off your revenue goal. And I want you to put a giving goal down that scares you, that you don't know how you're going to do this. And I want you to trust God to bring that increase to you. And watch God do the impossible. Mm. One of the things that I believe is that when you seek God, opportunities will seek you. And as entrepreneurs, we are called to advance the kingdom. Yeah. And that means that we need God to make our hands strong with wealth. We need our feet to be applied to our faith so that we can go to uncharted territory. But that starts with us leading from the front and being different. And being different is we're going to set giving goals and we're going to give away wow. and watch God give to us. And we don't, and I don't do this. Let me be clear. I don't do this to get something back from God. So it's not yeah. like I'm going to give so I can get, mm-hmm. no, I'm doing this because God has been, God has tremendously blessed my life. I'm still here. Yeah. He has saved me. He has preserved me. He has, I can't even say what God has done. So as a, just a thank you, we give. And just in our faith, we know that God's going to take care of everything that we need. Wow. Man, that's so good. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, if I have, if I have Jenna on, she's going to bring the fire. I know she is. I could just feel it in, in my spirit and you have not disappointed. <laughs> oh, Josh, wow. I, I love this. I feel like I'm called to do this. Yeah. And that's why I'm quitting the other stuff. Yeah. Not that I don't, not that I'm not good at that, but I know that God has called me to maximize my voice. That's one thing that I, that I tell my clients. It's like, we're called to maximize our message and monetize our mission. And what that means is that we all are born with a mission. It is our mission that becomes our message. It's our message that becomes a movement. Like 414, it's going to become a movement. Yeah. And it's the movement that will bring in the money because we have to have money. We, we, like we have to have money to do the work of the kingdom. We have to have money. There's people that need medicine. There's people that need houses. There's kids that need clothes. Like yeah. it takes us to make sure that we're taking care of the widows and the orphans. So yeah. we need money, but it all starts with our mission. And I'm just asking God this year and this year of 40, 40 is a powerful spiritual number to allow my mission to go forth. So I'm turning 40 in a couple of days. Uh, you said something that I'd like to dive into. You said 40 is a spiritual number to you. Yeah. What is like, what have you found in 40? You know, you're what, five days into 40? I am eight days. Eight days in the 40. Eight days. And I'm wiser. <laughs> <laughs> you're wiser than I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> so I'm asking you from a spiritual yeah. standpoint, you said 40 is a powerful spiritual number. Um, and like, tell me about it. I want to, I want to yeah, know. I think at 40, I think 20, you're trying to figure things out. That's right. You are trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. You struggling, going from city to city, job to job, <laughs> yeah. career to career, changing majors, all those things. Most yeah. people, some of y'all are probably a little bit more sophisticated, but, <laughs> but for most of us, we're trying to figure out 30s. It's like, you're starting your family. 
in your career. So you're still not in a place of like security yet. You're still just trying to find your anchor. And I think 40 gives you the anchor. Mm. It's the anchor to where you know who you are. You know what's worked before. And now you know what needs to happen for you to live your legacy. So what I tell people all the time is that we don't leave a legacy. We live a legacy. Mm. Living a legacy means how do I show up every single day, number one, so that my husband and my children will call bliss. How do I show up every single day where I'm bringing forth my best to my family? Yeah. Like when my kids get home, it's their time. I'm not working. I am focused on them because I have these babies for this amount of time. Yeah. And I want them to see the best of me. Now, are there times where I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I got to do this. got to send this invoice. Gotta do this. Yeah. Of course. But I am so intentional about making sure that my family is getting the best of me. Mm. And I think that's what 40 does. 40 anchors you and it reminds you of what it looks like and what it means for you to live a legacy. Mm. So Josh, that's my prayer for you in this season, that as you are building and as God is sending you to the nations, that you will find focus and find faith in how do I live a legacy? How do I show up as the best me, number one, for my wife and then for my daughters? How do my daughters see my relationship with them, how it should be with God? Mm. Like you being that example. And I think for me at 40, that's the intentionality is how do I be the best that I can be? You know, I have a 16-year-old son. He's a junior. So he'll be, he'll have one more year next year. And when I look at him, I'm like, man, I got so much I got to teach this kid. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you think that I'm like, man, all the life, you know, all the things that I've learned, but it's not even about that. It's about how do I show up for him to see, to be the woman that I want him to marry one day? Yeah. How do I show up for my daughters, for them to see the woman that they're going to be one day? So for me, that's what living a legacy is. Like, I don't want them stressed about work. I don't want them always working. I don't want them to yell at their kids because my mommy yelled at me or my mommy was always on her phone. She was always busy. Like, yeah. I don't want that to be their story. I want them to be when, when I needed something, my mom was there. She would play with us. My mom had snacks every single day we got home from school. My mom read to me. My mom came to my school and brought me lunch. Like, I want that to be their story. Wow. Not that my mom was a dynamic speaker. Not that my mom went all over the world. Mm. I want them to know that I chose I chose God's plan and purpose of my life more than anything. And we trust God. And wow. I'm here for and my family is my first ministry. Man, that's so good. You answered my last question for you already. Look at that. <laughs> what was it? What was it? What does legacy mean to you? Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's, yeah. it's being who God says I am. And having my family to validate that, you know, because I'm in some circles and we're very influential and very powerful people and they show up one way. And then at home, they're a hot mess at home. Their mm. life is falling apart. They have everything on resume. They have everything in the world and they get home. Their life is falling apart. They don't have a strong relationship with their spouse. Their kids don't know them. The kids are begging for their attention. And I don't want that. Like, yeah. There's a cost to everything. You know, one of the things that I always talk to my husband about, like there's a cost, like to be successful, there's a cost to it. Yeah. There's some sacrifices and compromises that you're going to have to make. Mm. 
But if it's a, but but if it's gonna cost me my mental health, if it's gonna cost me my marriage, and if it's gonna cost me my kids, then I don't want it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Nope. And that's the state that I'm in. Wow, that's good. What do you think is the the reason aside from like like deep trauma? What do you think the reason is that they live that way? Where they're they're you know, you did when you were in school, you were one way at school, you know, for you, it was a deep trauma, but what would be some of the other reasons that people would do that? It's a coping mechanism for many people. Yeah. They are, they are unhappy in their personal life. They're running from something. So it could be a bad marriage. So let me, I get validation. I get fulfillment over here. People praise me over here. I'm, I win over here. So I'm going to do more of this. Because they're seeking that validation. But I think something amazing happens when you realize that your validation comes from Christ. And that I don't have to do anything. I don't have to prove. I don't have to earn. Like I have people all the time. And and I can say I've been there. Like where I was chasing the titles. I wanted wanted this because I felt like I needed that. I felt like I needed to prove people wrong. I needed to show people. But when you truly know who you are and you're anchored in Christ... That's all that matters. Yeah. Wow. That's all that matters. And I know it sounds so cliche. I know it sounds. Yeah, it does. But but, yeah. but it's not. It's the truth. And if you just find your anchor, and if you just do the thing that God has called you to do, it will fall into place. It won't be on your time. It won't look like how you think it's going to look. Let's be clear there. Yeah. Because in this entrepreneurship journey, it wasn't just straight up. It was a lot of lows and valleys and hardships and hard times and questioning and going back to a job and they get fired from that job because they're like, you're just not a good fit. It was all those things. And then it's realizing that, man, if I just do what God has called me to do and be a good steward here, he will send, he will send the increase. He will send it, but we got to prepare our field. We have to prepare our fields for the rain. Yeah. Wow, so good. I have a couple more questions and we can we can finish up here. What what would you what would be some of the advice that you would give somebody that's starting starting over? You mentioned starting over and not being afraid to start over, but someone who feels like they're just at rock bottom, like there's there's nothing left. What's what's like the first couple of things that you would tell them this is what you need to do yeah actually rock bottom as scary and as hard as it makes sound and feel it's actually the best place to be mm. because when you're down you have nowhere else to go but up yeah it is you have nowhere else to go but up so if you're in that space or if you know people that are in that space send them this podcast share the podcast <laughs> but just remind them that number one, God has you. So just trusting God, even if you don't trust yourself, but finding a little bit of faith to trust God. The second thing to do is that knowing in that space, and this is where I'm going to talk from both sides of my mouth right now, you can always count on you. When we put our hope and our faith and our trust in jobs or family or other people, we become almost like a puppet on a string. So in that low moment, count on you 
Know that you have everything that you need to pull yourself out and to fight for what you want. And I think that was one of the biggest things that I've learned um, is that you got to be your own rescue. Nobody's going to come rescue you. Nobody's going to come save you. Most of us are not trust fund babies. We're not going to be, unfortunately, gifted hundreds of millions of dollars and gifted acres and hotels and and oil companies. Most of us are going to have to build and create our legacies for our family. So know that you are your own rescue. Know that you're your own motivation. Like know that everything you need is already inside of you. Mm. And if you just trust in God and you start telling yourself everything I need, I got it. And get up every single day, every single day and do one thing. Just do one thing. Just one thing. 63 seconds. 63 seconds. And don't compare yourself to other people. That'll be a big thing. Oh man, that's Like a don't big look, one. it is like, don't look at your family and other people and feel like they're winning. Like don't compare where you are to somebody else's. Number one is what I tell people all the time. Don't covet somebody else's success if you cannot, if you don't want to covet their struggle. If you don't want their struggle, don't you, don't you dare covet their success. Because wow. you don't know the hell they went through to get to that place. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that have lost, they've lost spouses, they've lost children, they have medical conditions, they've lost family members, they've lost homes. You, I don't want that. Mm. I don't want that to achieve this. Yeah. So focus on you. Keep your eyes on your own paper, on your own goals, your own dreams, on your own purpose, and just get up every single day and do one thing. Wow, that's so good. So I want to switch up a little bit. And then and this is my last question. For somebody that I'll be I'll be really candid with you, right? I'll, yeah. And honest with you. I've watched you over the past, you know, like I said, five or six years. And of course, you can't, not that I was comparing myself to you, but I was like, look, yeah. like, man, how's she doing that? Man, how's she doing that? And I was telling, I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, she, she is like blazing some trails. She's doing some stuff and I have no idea how she's doing it. Like, I don't know how you are getting the clients that you're getting. And you don't really, you don't really blast out who you're yeah. speaking to, or, you know, you don't do a lot of that, but I know you're talking to some some, like you said, billion dollar companies. And I'm like, how, I don't understand. Where are you? And I know I'm being really, I'm I'm kind of stepping outside of the, I'm kind of of stepping out of the, like, uh, the the podcast, like, uh, the podcast, like persona that I've, you know, trying to be. And I'm just being like, man, what are you doing on a, on a marketing standpoint to get your name out to these companies? And what are you presenting to them? that and it, i'm asking one for myself but i'm also yeah. asking for somebody else who's wanting to do something that you're doing doing like you you know like you're doing what are you presenting to them for them to say man we've got to have her in here okay so do you want to know what i am doing or what i should be doing maybe both <laughs> okay what i'm doing josh i show up on facebook okay that's it i that's it? literally I go live. Yeah, I, I whenever watch I think lives, about yeah. it, a hundred percent of my speaking engagements come from Facebook. Wow. Okay, I go live. So every time I go live, I make money. So it seems like you go live all the time, but I don't <laughs> even think about it. But every time I go live, I make people ask me, "Oh, can you speak to this group? Can I hire you for this?" So going live. Yeah. Okay. Facebook has been. Like I said, it was never intentional. Mm-hmm. It was just 
my very first talk, they found me on Facebook. They invited me back. They put me on YouTube and that went out. Okay. That's the very first talk. That was 2012 and that's on YouTube. Um, so that's what I do. What I should be doing, what I teach my clients and what I know that does work for people is to do this. Identify one problem that we'll just say corporations, if you have a desire to get into corporate, one desire or one problem that they have right now, there's so many problems that corporations are having. Yeah. They are having productivity issues. They're having retention. They're having uh, leadership challenges, meaning people are virtual now, so they don't feel they have the team cohesiveness. Uh, they're having people are quitting because of work-life balance. Think about schools, the challenges teachers are having. Yeah. Like, think, like write out all the problems that they're having. So that's step one. Then write out, how can you help them? Make a whole list of all the things you can help them with. Then pick one of those things that I can help you do this and quantify that. I can help you do this in this time. So that's step one. The second thing to do is where most people go wrong is people pitch, pitch, pitch. Nobody wants to be sold to, but everybody wants to buy. Don't pitch yourself. Create relationships with people. Build the relationship with people. Cultivate that relationship. And then people will find value in what you do and bring you in. That's why I said people find me on Facebook. Most people are on Facebook because they're personal. They're not there because they're a company. Yeah. You know, they're using LinkedIn. So people are finding me on Facebook. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this really, man, I saw your video. Somebody shared it. It really resonated with me. Question, do you ever speak to schools? Mm. Because they said, oh, I've been following you. Oh, I've been seeing what you do. Do you ever speak to schools? Absolutely then that's but it starts with relationship. Most people go and pitch and they pitch with their products, not with the customer's need. So they would go just pretending this is me pitching for, for uh, 414. Hi, my name is Josh and I own this and we do this, this, and this. We would love to have a meeting to help you with your branding needs. Yeah. It goes into the trash. It's a physical exactly. Yeah. Because everybody's saying that everybody gets it. You are, it's, it's almost like you're asking somebody and this is going to be real graphic, Josh. This is like you're asking your wife, you just met her. Let's say you met her at the grocery store and you're asking her, hey, I'm Josh. Will you go home and go to bed with me? Mm. Very first time. Or will you marry me? She's like, I don't even know you. I don't know your values. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what you believe in. I don't know what you stand for. How old are you? Like, I don't know anything about you, but I'm asking you to buy. That's what sending those letters and emails do. Yeah. However, the a next approach, which I believe is the best approach, is to say, hey, my name's Josh, and I've been following you online. You are killing it. You're doing tremendous work. Dr. Jenna, I see you speaking. I see you. Listen, I would love to set up a 15-minute call with you. I just want to know more about what you do. Like, I see that you're speaking to these clients and these corporations. Like, what exactly do you do? And now we enter into a conversation, yeah. and I share what I do. And I said, so, Josh. Josh, so Josh sees that I have some branding needs. He sees how he can help my company, but he hasn't led with that. So now I said, well, Josh, tell me a little bit, like what is creative legacy? Like, what do you guys do? Oh, well, we help speakers, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Really? 
Josh, I need to bring you in. Now he's, he hasn't even sold anything. So I've invited that sales conversation to happen. So that's how it goes down, Josh. It goes down in the DM. <laughs> it goes down yeah, in the DM yeah, with uh, relationship first. Yeah. That's it. It is like, oh my gosh, you are killing it. So listen, let me tell, teach y'all my pitch and drip system real quick. Find people, find five people that you admire, that you want to do business with. Send them something complimentary. Man, I've been seeing you online. You're killing it. You're everywhere. I would love to set up a quick call with you. Now, if they're busy, like me, I probably won't do a call and say, or if a call doesn't work, do you mind if I, if we send some voice notes? Don't know. You can send voice notes. Yeah. I, I send voice notes to superintendents all the time and they send it back because we're busy. Nobody has time for calls. Send those voice notes, engage in that conversation. And then you're telling them the same thing you would tell them on a call. The natural next turn in that conversation is like, so tell me what you do. Like, I see you all the time. I see, you, you know, are you a photographer? Tell me a little bit more. And then my response is going to be, I'm going to speak to exactly what they need. Yep. And they're like, oh my gosh, we need you. Bam. That's all I do, Josh. That's so now good. I do do that, but that's the marketing. It's just yeah. organic relationships with people. That's it. That's awesome. That, that's exactly what I would tell our clients to do. So it, it's so interesting because I would see you go live and I would watch your lives and I'd be like, okay, but I would never... I never see you do any kind of like quote unquote external marketing. And I always assumed it was somewhere else. Like, no, but we're like, about to <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Where, where are you, where are you taking it? We're about to No, So it'll just be really beefing up our Facebook, our YouTube. Yeah. I have tons of YouTube videos. I've never even uploaded. So our team is working on uploading those right now. Um, we've just really been busy in the corporate space, but now we're going to move back into speaking. So you're going to see a lot more of me in the speaking space. Very cool. So finishing out, where can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me anywhere on social media at Dr. Jenna Dyson. So all over Facebook, Instagram, Dr. Jenna Dyson. And you can also go to my website, thinkyourwayup.com. You're going to be seeing a lot of different tips, different ways that you can elevate your mindset. And we'll be launching a podcast this month. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it's Think Your Way Up with Dr. Jenna, where it's all things mindset, productivity. How do you do life and business better? So we're talking morning routines. We're talking mastering your thoughts. We're talking about how do you be productive? Like, how was I able to really build a seven-figure company with 20 hours a week? Because wow. that's really all I can give because I have to focus on my mental health. Yeah. So I'm going to be giving those strategies to people, showing them how they can do it in bite-sized pieces. That's great. I'm excited to to add it to my subscription list. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, being uh, on the episode today. I'm so excited. I've, I have so many things to take away, and we'll be doing a recap uh, episode after yours goes live. So thank you so much. Um, you definitely have changed how I think just in the short amount of time that we've been to, to on the on this episode. So. Thank you again. Whew, I got a lot to, to digest. Okay. Listen, Josh, I'm going to have yeah. to bring you on to my podcast. So will you agree hey, to I would on? love to. I okay. Love to. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share with a friend and be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming app. You can find us at 414creative.com and on Instagram at 414creativestudios.
Thank you for being here. It was an honor to spend this time with you. I hope you were inspired. Now go out and create your legacy.